you get to a decision that you need to make in your life and you become so overwhelmed by that decision making process that you end up not really making a decision at all and you really just you can't move it's it actually feels like you're paralyzed at some point so it's almost like anxiety but it's, it's mm. amplified a, a ton more because you're sitting in this pressing situation and you need to make a decision, make a choice, and you just cannot find yourself or get yourself to the point where you know which side to go to or what to start doing and where to start the process. Hey everyone, welcome to the RLT podcast where we share some real life tools, tips and tricks to help you not only discover but also reach your ultimate goals. All right, welcome back to the Real Life Tips podcast everyone. I am your host, Mono. This is Leon. Welcome back everyone. Very, very happy to be here. Very, very happy to record. Very good topic again tonight. Mono, are you going to take us into it? Yeah, Leon, I actually really thought about doing this episode for quite a long time. I think even before we started the podcast, I wanted to have this discussion with you because it's something that you pointed out to me uh, quite a while back when we first started hanging out at work, started becoming good friends and all that. As you said something to me, I think it might have actually been in a management 360 meeting that you had with us when <laughs> I was still reporting to you. I remember that. And we had to identify, yeah, we had to identify each other's strengths and weaknesses. And you put me in a really, really awkward position because you're my manager. I just started at the company and now I have to point out your weaknesses. And that was a mm. very, very stressful time. But one of the things you mentioned to me um, that I never really realized, uh, I was sort of aware of it, but never really could put my finger on it was that I suffer from analysis paralysis and mm-hmm. overthinking stuff and I don't really take action. And so that really, really bothered me. It, it's something that stuck and it's something that I actually had to do a lot of introspection on and think about. And I realized that, yes, absolutely. And a, a lot of aspects in my life, I do overthink. I do tend to overanalyze a lot of situations. I take quite some time to actually get to the action step and actually performing Uh, or taking any sort of action when it comes to me setting my goals or me trying to accomplish something in my life. So that is the topic Mm. that I wanted to bring to you tonight, Leon. And I want to, once again, I think I come to you for uh, a lot of things. We both do come to each other with a lot of questions and to try and really learn from one another. And that's what I wanted to do tonight is to learn from you because you are uh, completely on the other end of the spectrum. So you... Mm. Um, you're someone you don't think about a lot of things in too much detail and you can take action real quick and I want to find out mm. how is it that you do that and how can I learn and, ad- and adopt that sort of mentality in my own personal life as well so I'm very very excited about this topic yeah I think it's going to be interesting I, uh, last week I was a little bit vulnerable so I'm returning the favor this 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 show um yeah (laughs) where where we're gonna pick on you a little bit um that said it's very very important to quickly just make the statement that analysis in itself is not a bad thing it's when it becomes paralyzing hence analysis paralysis so analysis and making sure that you've got your bases covered that's one thing 
it's completely about obsessing over the analysis and then never actually getting stuff done that could become debilitating or withhold from future um, growth opportunities or anything. It, it, it can hamper on a lot of things. So tonight's going to be one of those episodes where, again, I think there are quite a few people that can relate to this topic um, maybe there are hopefully a few people that's never heard of this topic that will tonight realize that, oh, wow, that's actually something I do. And that's why, you know, I decided to do that and that thing last year and I never got it done. I still have um, all the pages written down and I've got all the stuff that I did research on, but I never actually got around to do it. It's because there's actually a scientific thing called... <laughs> It's not scientific at all, but there's uh, there's something called analysis paralysis, uh, which is that uh, mindset of making sure and oversure and so oversure that you eventually find yourself, I don't know, maybe getting tired. But this is where I want you on the show to explain to us a little bit. So, yeah going to be interesting is there anything you want to so full disclosure what are we you know how deep can i cut tonight Marne, can we go into I this real deep absolutely leon i pride myself in the fact that our show is authentic and we cut quite mm. deep in a lot of our discussions we get very personal uh sometimes it makes us uncomfortable but we're we've already established that we don't mind sharing that information if at least mm one person is listening to it and can relate to it and can actually take the message and apply it to their own yes. lives. So I will absolutely 100%. allow you tonight to cut deeply on. I want to get to the core of this as well. Once again, I'm going to ask you to uh, sort of be my therapist again. Maybe you can help me uh, by sharing some tips and stuff in the process as well. You have to choose well. your therapist much better. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> no, but absolutely. If you could just offer me some guidance and and really mm. just share, I think I'm I'm really intrigued by the way that uh, you think, uh, the way that you apply things to your life, and how quickly you make decisions and act on those decisions. Sometimes it's quite mm. frightening because it appears to me, from my perspective, that you don't think at all <laughs> when it comes to decision mm, making. Mm, mm. Sometimes you see something you wanted, you buy it. Bam, done. Don't really mm. overthink it. Don't really think about it too much. Uh, in other cases, you do a lot of research, maybe a week in advance or maybe two days in advance. And then you go ahead, you True. swipe the card, you buy something, right? So with purchases and all that kind of stuff. But what I'm really talking about is life actions. If you want something, you go out, you get it. Um, you don't really sit around and think about it too much. I see myself as an overthinker. Um, I've always thought that mm. that might be a good thing or maybe it's just who I am. It's just the way that I've been uh, wired or it's the way that uh, my brain is wired. I don't know. I always saw it as this you know, weakness of mine and there's not much I can do about it. So I'm really hoping that and I'm open to to other perspectives. Uh, we spoke about this when it came, when we had our topic uh, discussion of um, you know, is knowledge really power as well? Is that you need to be receptive mm. of other people's uh, experiences of their of their uh, skill set of their knowledge that they try mm. and share with you as well. So you need to be receptive to that and have an open mind. And that's what I'm here to do tonight, Leon, is to learn from you to have Excellent. an open mind and hopefully in the process discover my weaknesses and find ways to improve 
improve on it as well. So I'm here, I'm willing, and I think I'll open it up by basically giving you some of the examples that I've gone through and my decision-making process. And maybe we can extrapolate from those specific topics, um, or maybe there's some things or key areas that you can identify that will just, I don't know, help me see things the way that you see decision-making process. Yeah, sure. So I think you mentioned something there that's actually interesting that came to me just now, is that there is also two types of, I wouldn't say just two types, maybe uh, there's more, but the two main things that I become analytical about is life-related stuff. So heavy things like whether you should get married or not get married, whether you should get children or not get children, whether you should invest or not invest or get a house or not get a house. Um, those are like very heavy burdened type of analysis stuff where analysis is an obvious requirement. You have to, you can't just dive into those things. And then there's, you mentioned like purchasing and uh, for example, in um investing in a new stereo or if you, if you really like a muso like both of us we enjoy our good good quality music so <laughs> experiencing that through the best of the best sound systems will see me for example like you just said literally spending a week on on analyzing what's what's out on the market but that's not something that's going to change your life that's going to be something that you enjoy researching and 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 being an analytical about so that you get the best possible um, product at the end of the day so there's kind of those two things and as i mentioned it's it's not wrong to be analytical it's just when do you actually draw a line in the sand i think uh Bill Yu calls it his bright lines. Um, so a specific line that sticks out that says, this is where the edge, this is where I stop. And I have to kind of honor that because I know what what, what unfolds after this. So maybe as a starting point, Marty, we'll go into a couple of the explan um, maybe examples um, where you've experienced analysis, uh, analysis paralysis. I think I'm going to struggle with that one the whole night. Um, <laughs> but... Before we start, um, let's say, for example, you have a situation that you need to make a decision on. What immediately happens in your brain? Um, that's the thing that I want to kind of get behind before I start formulating question around it. What happens in your brain? Is there an immediate light that goes off and says, all right, cool, I need to now be completely and fully entrenched into every aspect of this before I make a decision. Let's say it's a, an important thing like, should I immigrate out of South Africa or not? Let's just give that as an example. Just put yeah. us in your frame of mind. And, and the reason I want to start with this is just to kind of maybe immediately grab people in the audience that have this tendency but haven't identified it yet. And, and pointed a finger at it. I think from my point of view, when it comes to those type of decisions that really leave me paralyzed. So just to shed some light on what I mean by analysis paralysis, I mean that you, know, you get to a decision that you need to make in your life and you become so overwhelmed by that decision-making process that you end up not really making a decision at all. 
and you really just you can't move it's it actually feels like you're paralyzed at some point so it's almost like anxiety but it's it's mm. amplified a, a ton more because you're sitting in this pressing situation and you need to make a decision, make a choice, and you just cannot find yourself or get yourself to the point where you know which side to go to or what to start doing and where to start the process. So that's what I mean by analysis paralysis. And the first thing that comes to mind is that I strive for perfection when it comes to things like that. Mm. Um, I really, really try. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm a very uh, detail oriented person. So mm-hmm. when it comes to my decision making process, one of the things that I really want to try and do is uh, achieve perfection in each and every step of that process. So whether it is to start a business, uh, go through the steps, actually really write down a full blueprint for myself before I get started, because I feel that you need to plan, have an action plan in place before you can actually get started to know mm. where you are right now where you want to go as well so it's some sort of a, a guideline so i came across the mm. saying that uh, that tony robbins actually said is that uh, perfection is the lowest standard and that quite intrigued me and i was thinking about that and i was like what do you mean mm. i always felt that perfection is the highest standard it's always something that you go into an interview you tell you know the the, the person interviewing you if they ask you what is your strengths you're like i'm a perfectionist you know we all love saying that but that should in actual fact be listed as a weakness and i feel that maybe correct me if i'm wrong mm. that maybe that is where it's coming from as well is the fact that i always strive for perfection yeah no look it does make a lot of sense i I think even for anyone that's not paralyzed by making decisions, this still makes sense. Um, you can still kind of relate with that feeling of anxiety based, you know, for decision making. Um, a lot of decisions are just tough and they require a lot of thinking and analytical skills and research. And so again, there's not really a line in the sand that says you're being paralyzed by analysis now or you're not. Um, I think it's got very much to do with, I mean, you just mentioned Tony Robbins, but they also say that, you know, the 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 worst action you can take is taking no action. So it's also at the end of the day, a lot of people get so, so um, overwhelmed and anxious about having to make the decision that they just decide to pull their head out. So I think what I want to ask you is, how do you when it comes to your decision making process right so let's not okay let's compare apples with apples right so let's take for instance when you went and you bought your house right that's also a major step in uh, and a major commitment in your life tell Mm. me the story tell me the thought process behind it you obviously knew that you wanted a place of your own but identifying the correct area uh, the correct place that you want to buy and all that Tell me, take me through that step. How did you, how did you come to make that commitment and you know, basically get to the point where you are now, where you've built onto your house and you've made it all nice and adapted it to your personality and all of that. How did you take action yeah. when it came to such a step in your life? Yeah, look, it's a good question. I've actually gone and thought about this a little bit in preparation for this um, episode. What it comes down to for me, and I think, Maybe again, this will resonate with some of those out there that's listening that is comfortable with making decisions quickly. The biggest thing that I've got running for me, and I don't really know where it sprouts from, is self-confidence in my decisions. Um, I've, I've got a record, I've, well, 
let's say a history of making decisions and not stuffing up regularly um, or, or even often at all. Mm. And this kind of built self-confidence in my decision-making process that I do my due diligence and um, if I, the, you know, T's are uh, crossed and the I's are dotted, I make a decision and that's it. When it comes to stuff like, for example, purchasing something big, like a car or a house or dogs or whatever, I also have this other theory, which is I'm going to do it eventually. I, I can do it now, but I know I'm going to do it somewhere in my life. I might as well take the dive, do the analysis a little bit so that I don't make stupid decisions and rash decisions, but make the decision nonetheless, pull the trigger, get it done with what's, and this is the other thing. I always think about what's the worst that's going to happen. Mm, mm. Am I going to literally end up in a morgue? Because that's the only worst thing that can really ever happen, even though that's <laughs> an inevitability for all of us. Um, but if I'm not going to end up in a morgue, I'll probably do anything. If it's going to benefit or appeal to certain things that I want from it, mm. I will probably do anything. I also trust my instincts. I really do feel that, I, I don't know, I've got an innate ability to kind of measure things really quickly and then just trust my gut or my instincts. Um, and, and again, it comes down to self-confidence. So I've, I've done many decisions. I've made some choices in life. It's panned out. It got me to where I was. And I know that through accelerating decision-making, you actually grow faster in life because you're actually progressing forward. And that for me is also a very key driver behind a lot of it. Again, more talking about life decisions mm. than purchasing decisions. But that's what propels you forward and keeps um, driving you forward. Now, again, I like breaking things up into small pieces. I listened to a um, Tim Bilyeu podcast this morning at the gym. <laughs> um, and the guest, I forget his name, but he's a Navy SEAL. Um, he mentioned that fear is just two components. It's anxiety and uncertainty combined. Now, if you break it up into those two aspects, you can address them individually and that makes it better than taking on fear as one big thing. So, for example, anxiety is a difficult one, but let's start with the mm. uncertainty. That's something you can measure by the very analytical processes that you already follow. Have you thought about it in this way where I'm feeling fearful of making a decision. The reason for that is I'm feeling anxious and I'm feeling uncertain about certain things uh, of this decision. Mm. Have you analyzed it in that way so that you can address those two individual emotional, um, let's call it disturbances that you experience with a decision and then trying and, and, and tackling it like that? And if not, I suggest that you maybe give that a try. Yeah. Um, just to get that out of the way so that you can actually focus on the problem and not get clouded by fear because fear makes you blind. I mean, and the only way that you can beat fear is by going through it and seeing what's on the other side. That we all know. You can't, you'll have fear for bungee jumping. The only time you'll break the fear is by jumping from a bridge with a rope, of course. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so that's the only way that you'll get past this is mm. by doing it. Yeah, you, you, you're, you're right, actually, because one of the things that you pointed out as well that is absolutely right is that you have to plan to some extent. Obviously, 
yes, with making any decision or taking any action in your life, some form of planning is always beneficial. And in some cases, it's required. Uh, You'd have to at least have a basic plan. But then I feel that one of the things Mm. that I might be lacking is that uncertainty. It's not knowing what sits on the other end of it. And if I miss something in but that you basic can't, plan. But you can't fail if you know, never try it, right? <laughs> you know, I know all of these things. We hear all of these things. But it's, it's very difficult to actually apply no. to your own life. So that's sure. why I, I want to, yeah, that's that's exactly why I'm having this discussion with you. Because I want to hear from you what, yes, what are the sure. sort of processes that you went through. But you're absolutely right. I think 100% yes plan to some extent. Uh, but also set some sort of a deadline for yourself. And it's something that I've always you know, sort of neglected to do. It's saying that, yes, I do want change in my life. Um, I'm, yes, I'm feeling anxious. Yes, I'm feeling uncertain. Um, yes, I need to make this decision. I need to make this choice of saying, you know, what is the next big step in my life and moving forward and moving past that. Mm. Uh, but I'm not really setting a deadline for myself. So uh, perhaps that's absolutely something that I need to look at is to say, I need to be more strict about it. I need to plan up to a specific point, do the best that Mm. I can do in the time that I give myself and then just pull the trigger. Uh, Because if I don't set that deadline for myself, I just never, ever pull the trigger. I never get to taking action ever in my life. So I feel that, yeah, you're 100% right in that. Well, give it a go. I think that will um, at least be a good starting point. If you think about the look, the anxiety thing with that that ties into fear is a difficult thing to to remedy uh, because it comes from a different part of your brain and it works with um, chemicals in your blood. Mm. So that's not something you really have control over. However, uncertainty is completely cognitive. It's something that you can actually control, and you can train your brain with uncertainty. And I think the one thing that I did inadvertently, like through life is taking risks and chances, but in a small way um, and slowly but surely training my brain to get to get comfortable with uncertainty and understand that there's uncertainty, but then by making good decisions and winning a lot of battles or at least winning more battles than losing mm-hmm. them, you build the self-confidence in then not getting uncertain anymore. Then you only have anxiety. And again, I think that doesn't really go away. (laughs) Buying a house is always going to be a level of anxiety. But it's not going to be that debilitating anymore. You can probably deal with just the anxiety if you don't have complete uncertainty. Mm. So start thinking about ways that you can train yourself around smaller objectives where uncertainty is playing a role and then beating those battles. And doing that over and over and starting to get the confidence in, listen, I'm actually shit hot at making decisions. Let me not be so uncertain next time. And let's just face the fear or or, or the anxiety part of Mm. it it scares me what sits behind this corner. Mm. Um, And and then you can start dealing with that in another way. That probably requires more in the line of therapy and stuff like that. I know that, <laughs> look, I'm not saying we should get all get therapy for making decisions, but you can't really fix anxiety by practice or by anything that you can really control. But I do think you can tackle that one component easier than it is to tackle both those components at the same time. Hence, they being so debilitating while facing both of them at the same time. The last thing I want to mention before I want to ask you something is, while you practice um, uncertainty, 
I think you should also start practicing acceptance in the same light. I'm not saying accepting failure before you've had failure, because then it means that you fail to plan and hence you plan to mm. fail. You should still do your due diligence. That's like you rightfully said. I do a lot of research still, but I do make the decision at the end of the day because I get that confidence from all my research that I do. But you need to start thinking about accepting the worst case scenarios in some certain mm. cases. Again, there are limits to this. We all understand. I'm not talking about life-threatening stuff here, but we're talking about difficult decisions at some point you need to think this is the worst like i said in the beginning what is the worst thing that can happen mm -hmm. and be comfortable with that and say listen that's gonna really suck but having all this unknown uh, variables in the decision that i will not be able to point out and put a, a an exact answer to i will have to accept that margin of possibility for failure um what do you think about that? Have you tried that maybe is to think about, I know we, I even am really good at thinking about the hundred reasons why something will fail <laughs> and not thinking um, about the one reason why it won't. We all like that. This yeah. again is a natural thing, but then there's still that other, like you need to think about, okay, but what's the worst that's going to happen? I've, I've never actually done that. Um, I've never really taken it to that extent. And I feel that you, yes, you're hitting gold. Leanne, you you're absolutely hitting gold. It's really saying to yourself, what is the worst that can happen realistically? Not what is the worst that you build up in your mind because we can always uh, overplay uh, scenarios and uh, outcomes and all of that cause and effect. But it's realistically looking at the situation and saying that if I were to just go and look at the area or two or three areas that I'm looking at buying a house in for my next big move. And I want to start a family there. If I just take that step, uh, I go and have a look at the top five or top 10 places that I'm more or less interested in and basically break it down. Like you said in the beginning as well, breaking it down into easier steps, but doing some preparation, some planning and saying that by end Q3 or by end of this year, I want to at least have moved into that place or at least have signed an offer to purchase on mm, that place, mm. setting that deadline and then 100% um, just pulling the trigger on that. But looking at that from the perspective that you're saying is, what is the worst that can happen? Realistically speaking, sure, I buy the place, I move yes. in there and the geezer falls out of the ceiling the second night that I take a shower, you know, <laughs> what is the worst that, that can actually yeah, happen? Of course, you know, that is probably the worst that can happen. All right. For, for me in my head, in my mind, in my over analytical analysis paralysis state that I enter, I don't necessarily think about just that as the worst case scenario. I think about things like, mm. um, all right, if I lose my job, I won't be able to pay that. All right. But you know, like, unrealistic things because number one i'm good at what i do i've been doing i've been in the same industry for a very long time number two you know you know um that i'm a very safe secure 
a fallback plan person with a plan B and a plan C and a plan D, yes. building safety nets after safety nets, making sure that if I fall, I don't fall too far or too hard about that. So it's it's really unrealistic um, you know, reasons that I build up in my head about the decision-making mm. process. That's just a silly example of saying that if I were to think about buying a house or something, but it really, really puts it into perspective of how I've really put myself under a lot of pressure under these situations. And I think about the absolute worst case scenario and I build it up and amplify it in my mind so much to the point where I just say, you know what? I'll just rent for the rest of my life. <laughs> I don't really care about owning a place. I never uh, really bothered about it. So I'll just <laughs> raise a kid in a, a one bedroom apartment if I have to. It's been done before. A lot of people do it. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. And I'll just settle for that. And I'm happy <laughs> yeah. with that. Yeah. Makes a lot of sense. No, no, definitely. It has to be realistic. I mean, there's a lot of stupid stuff that can go wrong with anything you do in life. So you need to kind of be realistic about taking past experience and, uh, you know, bringing that into the real world and saying these are the realistically uh, things that can go wrong mm -hmm. and then evaluating and, and, and taking a step back. Um, there's so much more um, to say about this. I mean, the other thing, and I think this has been helpful maybe for you for, uh, and, and I talking through this stuff is to talk to people about it. So if you do get stuck, um, for example, everyone's got a mentor in their life or someone that they go to for certain types of advice, right? For example, I'll go to my mom for emotional advice. I'll go to my dad for strategic and business advice. Those are just how they are split in their both, both in their type of lines or lanes. And um, if I do get stuck, because again, I'm not preaching here that I just am the decision-making God of the world. If I do get stuck, I do um, try and go and speak to people. I think that's almost one of the first things I do because Google is a mess um, mm. in some regards. So what what what? Uh, another tip maybe is that in some cases, knowing less about something is sometimes a virtue. Oh yes, <laughs> and not uh, not not a fail. Uh, um, you can. For example, when I got, uh, let me paint you an example. When we got uh, pregnant with my firstborn, my daughter, I would go and Google. I was a very frantic, um, let's call it new parent to be. And I'll go on Google and start reading up about everything that can go wrong and stuff like that. And oh my word. I promise you, if you Google the chances that the kid will get, you know, born with five uh, extra toes on the heels of their foot, there's surely some person that's had a baby like that. And then you start thinking that that could happen and you blow it up. Mm. That's the big issue. You blow it up as if that's the norm. Um, so, for example, the just to tie it into your situation with maybe buying a property, that could very much be also stuff that keeps you or maybe that keeps you back a little bit for example when i bought this house i came to one viewing <laughs> i came to one viewing i asked them for the bills and the electricity stuff so that i know the full cost uh monthly that it's going to be i had one walk around i had a bit of an idea of the area and i i signed up offer to purchase that was it and it's only because I came to that, I already decided in my head, I am going to buy a house. I was certain about that. There was no uncertainty. 
there was really no anxiety in this decision because um, the only anxiety there was is not finding a place mm. at all. Um, that was the only thing I was scared of. But other than that, it was actually mostly um, exciting in a way. Um, but I didn't go and look at every single possible thing that's maybe wrong with the house. Actually, moving into the house, you realize there is a lot more under the surface wrong than you expected. But that was the worst that could happen. And guess what? We slapped a few paints of uh, coats of paint on this place and it looked good. And then later on, we started slowly but surely upgrading certain parts that we didn't enjoy or that wasn't that good looking or whatever. And we increased and improved the place as we went along. Just to bring it full circle, what I'm trying to say is sometimes knowing less is, is actually the, the right approach, is to not overanalyze mm. everything mm. all the time like that. The reason I'm so hectic on analyzing technical stuff and purchases is because there's a lot more measurable things in there that I want to check off of a list. Um, you understand? And it doesn't come from an emotional mm. place. It comes from realistically, these are the brands that are competing. This is the kind of money I'm going to put into one of their bank accounts. These are the feature sets at least they must mm. have. And then it's a very just, you know, measuring it on a scale and making mm. a decision. So those are easy. Even for you with analytical mind and doing a lot of analysis paralysis, you don't do that with those type of purchases. You you do that a lot more easily and a lot more quickly. Mm -hmm. It's the life-changing stuff that's going to make a real long-lasting impact on your um, life and your livelihood and stuff like that that kind of debilitates mm -hmm. you. Um, for example, like I just said, take the whole thing and break it up into small pieces and start evaluating each of them. But then move move on and, and make a choice or at least set a deadline or um, keep yourself accountable. So, for example, if you get the idea, I want to buy a property, that means in your head you should already say this is the date I'm going to do it by the latest, having done no research. <laughs> and that's kind of how I work. I work it backwards. I say I'm going to buy a new car. This is the kind of money I'm going to spend. I will have it within a month because <laughs> that's I'm a bit aggressive like that. But you don't have to do it that quickly. But I then I do it. I just go. I do my research. I get happy with the most stuff that's in the right place and the knobs are in the right place. And I take the plunge and I just do it. Do you think that could Absolutely. help? Or do you still want to be so very much contro in control of every possible thing? No, absolutely. That makes a lot of sense because if you come to me now and you say, all right, Mona, you want to buy a house. Um, that's 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 going to be your goal for this year. The first thing that I jump to is, mm. okay, uh, what are the steps? You know, So uh, first and foremost, where do you start? Uh, and then list it out, step one, step two, step, what documentation do I need? What bank do I need to go with? All of those things. So I first jump straight into the deep end and I start gathering information, as much information as possible. And I try yeah. and restructure that information into something that makes sense, a list form or a checklist form or something like that. You've seen me do this a million times. In some aspects of my life, absolutely, it helps me. I wanted to just quickly yeah. jump in here just to paint a picture for, I think on one of our pages, wherever it's visual, we need to put up what this actually looks like for Mark. Because <laughs> <laughs> when we say he's analytical about everything, I'm talking about 
Trailer boards from the from the floor to the sky on yeah. on variables that gets checked. But anyways, yeah, it, it it's it's something unheard of. And again, I'm not, I'm really not knocking it because it's such a huge string. Yeah. But it's maybe slightly a slight bit of an overutilized <laughs> muscle. <laughs> I make lists uh, to remind me that I need to make a list, and that it really gets bad to that point as well. Exactly, yeah, it's <laughs> setting up reminders to set up reminders. Sure. Uh, it's, it's, it gets really crazy, but yeah, absolutely. Mm. I think that, um, you know, with that being said is uh, that's what I do. That's the first thing where my mind goes as it dives straight into creating lists, creating checklists and all of that. But what you're saying, the way mm. that your mind is structured is you are focused on the end goal, right? And we've, we've, we've scraped the surface on this a couple of times in a few of our other episodes as well. And it all sort of forms this picture for me now. And I think it makes a lot of sense. It's that you need to start with the end in mind. Obviously, like I know that now I've been preaching that to all my friends and family and everybody that comes to me for advice on this is start with the end in mind, focus on your goal, work it back. Um, but I do it in such mm. great depth. And put a date yeah. to it. Put a, put deadline. a deadline. I feel that that's maybe key to it is saying that I want to own a house and I want to move into it. When do you want to do it? Set the date. Get it started. Don't really get too mm. tied up in all the details and all that. Uh, if we take you, for instance, there was um, a few occasions where uh, I think when you were shopping for a new car as well. Yeah, it's it, it, or no, you were shopping for a building loan or something to build onto your house. It's as simple as like, I'm not really overthinking mm. what bank is the best, who's going to give me the best interest rates and all that. It's literally just saying, all right, I bank with them. Let's get a quote from them. Let's get someone else who can get me quotes from the rest of them um, in terms of interest rates. Okay, great. Found mm. a bank. Let's sign it. Get it over and done with. For me, it would have been like, oh, but I don't like that bank and, you know, the hassles that it's going to be for yeah. transferring money and then getting money out of that account. And realistic or un unrealistically speaking, I would think that, oh, yeah, it's just going to be such a massive mm -hmm. headache for me going forward. But realistically speaking, I would never even have to transfer any money uh, from that account or uh, anything unless there's a dire situation sure. to refinance yeah. or to get a second mortgage or something like that. So absolutely, I feel that um, that helps a lot. That really, really puts it into perspective. I'm so, so glad that we are having this chat and that we got to that because I feel that a lot of this other stuff, I already know. I sort of know what I need to do, what I need to uh, yeah. stay away from. But that is maybe the one thing yeah. that I just and haven't been doing. Again, I, I don't know whether that is even the right approach. That was my approach. And I promise you, um, it doesn't have to be more complicated than that. Once you know the place fits the bill, so it's got the amount of rooms, the area, location, the price is right. Just sign it and get it done. Get your place. And this is one example. Of course, this applies to almost anything. Mm, mm, mm. But one has to realize that the stars won't always align. Mm. No matter what you do. No matter how long you research. No matter what. There are going to be some cases where the stars just won't align perfectly. And again, it comes down to acceptance. Then you know they don't align, at least. Not knowing is worse than knowing. And still, not doing anything is still worse than doing something badly. Mm. <laughs> um, so, what do you think about that? What about just the freeing idea of, listen, there's going to be have to be a certain margin of uncertainty uh, per choice. 
and I have to deal with it. I have to live with it. I cannot control all the variables. Uh, uh, yeah, 100%. Because I think that a, a lot of that fear that gets built up on what could go wrong, what could happen and all of that, and you waiting for the perfect opportunity to pull the trigger, to make that decision, to take that action in your life, uh, to go and buy your dream house or just go buy a house and make it your dream home, you know, as you did, mm-hmm. I think is sitting, is, it's, it's, it's basically fear holding you back from that. So 100%, but I think a lot of the times when you push past that, you sort of just make it happen. You basically align the stars yourself. Mm-hmm. So for instance, your place, I mean, we've spoken about this when you got your pool installed, by the way, it looks really, really cool. I went to Leon's place, had a swim. It was really <laughs> awesome. Um, so 100%, you bought this place. Nowhere in your mind did you think, oh, wait, I shouldn't buy this house. It doesn't have a pool. Maybe one day I'll want to have a pool. Nowhere in your mind did you even think about that. And you're, even if you did a year after buying your house, it would have been like, oh, great. You know, I just bought this place. It doesn't have a pool. Now I have to save up to you know, put in a pool and all. It's okay. It's fine. It's, mm. it's possible. You sort of align the stars afterwards. So 100% agree with you. I think that is beautiful. Yeah. Don't wait for the right moment to, for the stars to align uh, because it never will. It never will. You, you'll just have to uh, mm. do some preparation plan it to some extent, and then pull the trigger, set a deadline, pull the trigger, and whatever didn't fall in place right there and then, you'll pull it in place. Some some way or another, you'll yes. pull it in place. If you lost your job, Leon, you'll make a plan. If you just bought this place, you mm. stayed there for maybe a year or two years, and you just have this massive mortgage that you have to pay and all that, you make a plan. That's the beauty of you know, us as mm. human beings. We are very resourceful when we put under dire situations. So I love it. I think that's beautiful. 100%. I think that's beautiful. I think, Leon, that has been such an insightful episode. Uh, I really, really think that a lot of what you said made a lot of sense. For me, at least, I know that for the listeners listening into this, I can guarantee that if you're sitting there, if you never heard about analysis paralysis, maybe you've heard of it, but you weren't really sure if you you understood it correctly, or maybe you just wanted an answer as to what you can do to get out of it. I think really absolutely that some of the tips that Leon shared with me tonight has really opened my perspective or changed my perspective on life. And that's one of the beauties. One thing that I want to just bring up once again, Leon, and you were right about that as well, is maybe chatting to someone about it, chatting to your mentor about it, getting a different Mm. perspective on the problem, getting a different perspective on the situation, on the decision-making process, getting someone else's viewpoint on it, because I think you get caught up in your own mind around your fears and your stresses and hassles and and thought processes and research and (laughs) analytics and statistics and all of those things that you can't really get uh, a good perspective or grasp over the the situation. So just getting someone else to comment on what you're currently going through, I think absolutely helps a lot. So yeah, Leon, thank you so much. Really, really amped on that. So yeah, I think any last words from your side before we wrap up? No, not really. I think my work here is done. <laughs> Thank you for being my therapist once again. I owe you. Um, 
No, 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 just kidding. But yeah, like you just said in the last mention there, um, you know, if you get an, another one's ear, the reason why it's so effective, and I find this a lot of time in my life when I see other people's problems from the surface, is when you when you share problems with someone and they don't know the intricacies, they only see the peaks and valleys, the major peaks and valleys, which means they are usually way more equipped to give a good answer or a good suggestion on what to do because they're not in the trenches with you thinking about every single thing. Mm. So that's why it's, it's, it's always good to try and get a third or fourth or fifth perspective, obviously from people that you can trust very dearly with that type of information. But other than that, there's nothing else I want to add. I think it was a really insightful session. I hope a lot of people can learn from it um, or, or has learned something from the session. And I think a lot of people will relate to this topic. And yeah, stay tuned. Uh, we're going to keep doing these type of topics every week. And yeah, that's all from my side, Leon. And my side, Mono. Until next time, if you enjoyed the content, as always, please rate it, please review it. And if you feel that you know someone that is currently struggling with this, maybe you're on the receiving end of those conversations where somebody keeps coming to you and telling you that I don't know what to do in the situation. I don't know which way to go. Uh, I'm killing myself. I'm paralyzing myself with overthinking about this then share this share this episode with them hopefully it'll help them hopefully it might inspire them to take action as well so from myself mono and myself liam cheers, cheers. we'll see you on the next one Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining this episode. We really hope that it inspires and motivates you. By the way, we're giving away a free five-step personal budget template that will help you take control of your financial goals. So just head over to rltstudios.com, sign up for our newsletter, and we will get that right over to you. So head over to rltstudios.com, and we will see you in the next episode. Until then, cheers. Cheers.